Hello there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tarvalon. Have a cup of tea, or maybe a frothy ale. The light, why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. Hello and welcome back. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm here in person. For real. With my good friend Tracy. <laughs> I'm actually here with Amber. In real life. In real life. This is so weird because like I'm sitting here across from you. I can see your face. <laughs> I mean, I can usually see your face. Yes. But like. But you could actually touch it now. Oh my gosh, I could hand you a tissue for real now if I yeah. need to. <laughs> I can grab your hand. I know, right? Hold <laughs> oh, me, I need help. <laughs> and this and this is the road to Tarvalon. Uncharted. Again. 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 We needed to do this again. It was just so fun last time. Like, yeah. And I've had like traveling stuff. This is like yeah. very therapeutic. Well, you were let's see here. When did you fly out? Saturday? Saturday. And yeah. then I got in US time Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And I didn't make it very long. I think I went to bed immediately. Yeah. And now I'm finally on U.S. time. Finally. <laughs> finally. And it's Wednesday. Yeah. Because that's a six-hour jump for you. Like, as far as time zone jumping goes, that's... My body doesn't know what time it is. <laughs> that's, that's why it's, you know, 11 o'clock and I'm drinking and wine. you're drinking wine. Because <laughs> your body thinks it's, like, after five. It's yeah. after five somewhere. Isn't that what they always say? Exactly. <laughs> And you said you brought mead with you? I brought mead. That feels like a very wheel of time thing. I yeah. Brought, or like a mead. or like a spiced wine or mm, something. Mulled wine. Isn't that one of the things that they talk about a lot? Mulled wine. Yeah. And this episode our editor is here, like in the room kind of yeah. too. He's wandering around. He's around. Yeah. Maybe he'll pop by. He might. I, I mean hope. if he doesn't the the dogs might. <laughs> And you I can see them in person. I know, yeah. They've, they've been very excited about you, especially your slippers. You like your slippers a lot. I like my slippers a lot. They're pretty cute. Should we find <laughs> topics? Okay, let's see here. We were going to talk about the blight a little bit. I yeah, think. there was some... Okay, so one of the things that I didn't learn about when it comes to the blight until like so much later was the town that's in the blight where like people live quote unquote do you know what i'm talking about the only thing that i okay not that but i was thinking about in faldara like where the farmers don't live within the city walls so they're like out next to the blight right just farming away and how much of a badass you would have to be where it's like yeah i'm just a farmer but in the blight like blight farming right well i mean we've talked about blight decorating for parties and stuff and how it involves trollic balloon heads so you know maybe maybe they like it maybe this is like party outlet mall instead of being scary i don't know blight seems very scary to me i wasn't even sure at first because you know agonor being the daddy of shadow spawn right like how many creatures were actually named to be of the blight right so it's like yeah trollocs and redrawl are there hanging out and i guess like that's their like I feel like that's where they're like respawn kind of like I don't know if that's where they live oh, or hang out what? but that's where they come from 
you know? So like where exactly where are they, they coming live? from? Yeah. Are they breeding there? I have read something about like trollic breeding and it's pretty, it sounds pretty gross. Yeah, but like where do they do it in the blight? Like is there kennels or something? <laughs> I mean, they have doulas running around, yeah. midwives and shit. Trollic midwives. <laughs> just breathe. Just, just breathe. <laughs> just oh snort. Oh my gosh. Let's, I bet we can find something about that. Like creature breeding. Well, that's, okay, that's the whole thing with the blight, though. I feel like it's underused in the books and in the TV show. The critters, the creatures. Yeah. Might be one of the coolest little, like, not a plot, but like topic to the side yes. of the books where you're given these little like drops of the background and the science and how they came to be with Agonor yeah. breeding, making them with the one power and with like genetic ma- manipulation. Uh-huh. And we know that like that's the Trolloc and the Murdral. Mm-hmm. We know that's the Jumara. Mm-hmm. We know that. I think Drakkar are the only ones that aren't. I'm fairly certain Drakkar are a Dark One creation. It sounds and right, not though. Agnor. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I'm trying to think like Which way, way back to our re- Shadow I know, Spawn right? episode. Like, I'm, I'm thinking about like Agnor creates Trollocs mm-hmm. and they're scary, mm-hmm. and real effective. Mm-hmm. And the Dark One is like, I'm going to make a vampire type <laughs> creature that croons to people one at a time. Like, oh. how effective is that? That's I mean, that effective. goes back to like our talk last week how bringing in more of the creepy crawlies, I feel like, would be a hit. I mean, I don't know. No, I agree with you. It doesn't have to be, when I say dark, I mean like, creatures of the dark and scary monsters yeah i don't necessarily mean like the lighting or like trying to have that what's it called like a look where like Mm -hmm. if you watch a james bond film Mm -hmm. it looks like a james bond film or if you watch game of thrones Mm -hmm. the coloring is very game of thrones and i think the wheel of time tv series hasn't quite figured out exactly where they're going because it's so new but i like it because I, they have done a really good job of avoiding the like yes. pitfalls that I yes. would have worried about. Like it doesn't look like Game of Thrones. Right, there right. Are moments of really bright characters and mm-hmm. sceneries mm-hmm. and things like that. Like it still feels like a place that hasn't succumbed to something completely dark yet. And I I like how they've done that. Yeah, I think I know that some people were disappointed Sorry. with like the look of the lighting and like the coloring. Mm-hmm. But is it possible that it's just because through the lens of pop culture now, after how many seasons of Game of Thrones, like that's how people just associate fantasy? Because The Witcher is like that as well. It is. It's dark, like Mm -hmm. in coloring. So does that mean that in our brains now that we- We're expecting it? Yeah, that we're expecting it. And when we don't see it, when things are colorful, we're like, something's wrong here. So I don't mind the coloring in the TV show. Do you think that might be an intentional ploy? I kind of feel I feel like it might be because you wouldn't you wouldn't want your work to be compared to previous yeah hits. Yeah. I mean, you'd want to put your mark on things and make it your own. So why would you do the same lighting that, that somebody in, else did? Yeah, Witcher, Game of Thrones. Yeah, but. 
that's the thing though the wheel of time like with the color mm-hmm. and like the overall brightness of the set some are really like tarvalin mm-hmm. those scenes where you're coming in from yes. outside and there's chaos and moving people and, and you know street vendors with food yeah I yeah love i love like a busy street scene so like that kind of like hit me in the gut where I was like, this is how I expected it. Yeah. But at the same time, the Wheel of Time has, you know, the bubbles of evil, the shadow spawn, the inner, you know, tragedy and just trauma, like dark, deep trauma. So I really think that they could even make it progress as the series goes, make things kind of shape it, I guess, how they would like it. Yeah. It doesn't have to be exactly the same from season yeah. one as it goes on. I I agree with you on that. I feel like I know you haven't really like gotten to the whole Harry Potter scene. Mm-hmm. But like as far as the visual change between the first two movies and the third movie is quite drastic. And I feel like I've it's heard, really well done. I've heard people say this before. Yeah. That it kind of like morphs into its own thing. yeah it's much darker than i think they had originally foreseen it going yeah but i think that like, i think that's people why like it though like i do i do i noticed it right away without knowing that there was a different director without really knowing that they were mm-hmm. going to take it in a di- different direction you could tell the moment the movie opened up something was different and this was going in a different direction than what you had maybe been expecting before and they could absolutely do that with. Well, and that's exactly that how. Yeah, that's exactly how the plot goes in the books, yep. though, because yeah. it's like we open up and people are kind of concerned and not sure what's going on. Things look the same uh-huh. in some places, and some people don't even don't even believe that there are these changes happening, yeah. like wars yeah. in Giladon. It's just you know, it's whatever. There are wars all the time. Fairy tale. Like, yeah, they're not expecting anything terrible to happen to them and then once we meet our main characters everyone's going through their own personal traumas you know Nynaeve is finding out that she can channel and becoming the thing that she hates most yeah we have Rand realizing that I'm gonna die and I'm going to go insane like this is what's gonna happen to me and I mean, even people like Moraine and Lan, mm-hmm. they're both dealing with their own inner turmoil as well. For sure. So Moraine knows that something terrible is going to happen yeah. to her. So she's like getting ready to pass the bond off yeah. in the Great Hunt. And how traumatic is that? I mean, knowing like you can foresee your own death and being like, I have to plan for this. It's dark. It's, it's dark. really dark. Yeah. And I think with season one of the show, we're kind of like plopped in this little village like it is in the books. Yep. And as things are going, we haven't really seen too much of the side of the shadow mm-hmm. in terms of these big like trollic hordes. Yeah. Like we've had small attacks. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's not like this big thing. We haven't seen any bubbles of evil yet. <laughs> yet. Those are going to be so good. <laughs> I really hope they, better they keep do those. Them. They better keep them. I there mean, are just so many things that it's needed for, in my, my opinion. My biggest gripe, and it's not even really like a big deal, 
is just because personally I like the blight. I love that scene in The Great Hunt where Moraine and the young people of Emmons Field and Lan are just cutting their way through trees that are trying to eat them and creatures that don't seem real. Yeah. And I know that with COVID and shooting, they had to kind of like reformulate everything. Yeah. In those last few episodes. So it's like, oh, my heart. Like, I didn't get to see anything weird the in the blight. The la- oh, the lake monster. <laughs> we didn't get to see Malkier because Lan nope. wasn't there. Yeah. Didn't we see the Seven Towers? We saw the Seven Towers, but not the lake. Yeah, I feel like it was just like we got like that long look from Moraine and Rand being like, what is that? that? And then when Land comes by, he gives it a glance before he goes off. Like, I think they could have done so much more with the Blight to make it stand out as a place that isn't just like overgrown and shadowed and lacking light kind of dark but like yeah it was supposed to be shot in I don't remember was it the Maldives I don't remember where but it was somewhere like a forest they had an actual location for it because I think of COVID they couldn't do it there so they actually had a location for the light and then they had to build it like they had to build a set and when I was watching that interview, I think it was the behind-the-scenes ones with Andre. Did I miss this? It's possible because there was a behind-the-scenes one, and Andre was in it, and they were talking about building sets and stuff. And they had crews of people hand-painting every tree oh my God. and placing moss, you know? Okay. And it's just like... I love it now. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, when I saw the blight on the show, I was like, I get it. You know, it wasn't what I had seen like yeah what I envisioned but after finding out like what they had to do to actually make it happen that's just wild yeah that's just wild yeah I had no idea because I mean I know that things were cut back and cut down because of everything that happened with COVID but I hadn't realized like that it impacted what the blight would look like I'm trying to think is there I mean, other than, like, the very end of the series, is there another time where, like, our characters are actually in the blight? It might only be towards the end when Malkir, when Lan is making his way after Nynaeve is like, you know, my husband. (laughs) That scene. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm thinking about if... If the series goes on, mm-hmm. like if they continue with the TV show, if we make it to the end, how cool will it be to come back to the blight and see yeah. this last, you know, stand from yeah. the borderlanders? I'm getting goosebumps as well, I'm talking I'm, about I'm it. I'm thinking you could even do it and be like, the blight was quiet before this and now it has yeah. risen. And like, yeah. so you kind of expect a shift from when you mm-hmm. saw it at the beginning to where you see it now. And I mean, that is in line with mm-hmm. what the books do and like yeah. how they're written. So it would make sense to like just make it even creepier for the next time you have to film yeah. there. I just, cool. I'm really hopeful that next season we're going to see a little bit of a shift towards yeah. 
more i mean there's obviously a, a lot of anguish going on with the characters but yeah. i want to see that in the nature and yes. the scenery as yeah. well because i think book two and book three what they're kind of pulling from that's really when you start to see a shift i mean the dragon reborn is where rand kills those people and like i can't wait to read that yeah i, I can't mean, wait to read it there is some really dark stuff yep. but when we were talking about the Drakkar, possibly like having a Drakkar. Oh man, I just as as someone who likes their monster movies and right? stuff like that, I'm just like, oh, that would be so amazing. So when we saw season one, there were no blight creatures. It was just a no forest Jumara. with like maybe some creepy moss. <laughs> yeah, that was that was just it. As Maureen is like, don't touch anything, and then they take a nap. <laughs> right, and then they lay down and fall asleep. Like. I probably would have rewritten that a little bit differently and said, like, Rand, whatever you do, try your best not to touch anything. Yeah. Or at least give it an explanation. Like, I feel as though it would have it would have helped considerably had they had Moraine even say something like the blight may appear quiet and still right now, but it's deadly beyond your imagination like yeah just like kind of leave just it something small like that would have been really mm-hmm. good yeah just kind of like yeah things are quiet for now but but i've been here before it's right? misleading yeah please Don't be careful it. yeah <laughs> don't fall asleep brand i mean let's take a nap brand who <laughs> <laughs> find a tit shield and make a pillow <laughs> He can fold his like comfy <laughs> coat over the top of it. Yeah. Cradle it a little oh, bit. That cozy. Mm. Love that coat. I don't see that's the thing too. We don't know exactly which way Rand is traveling mm-hmm. as well. Like, is he going to the waste? Is he headed back towards I'm hoping he's heading towards Kyrian. I hope so. I really do. Like I almost have a feeling they're gonna chop that storyline up and have like Perrin and company tracking the horn while Rand follows his dragon reborn. Yep. Plot. I I think the other thing that they missed out. I I know this is so silly, but maybe it isn't because it's costume related. Like one of the big changes at the end of Eye of the World, beginning of the Great Hunt, is the change in clothing because they all get new clothes. All of them. Yeah. Every single one of our people from Emmons Field. Mm-hmm. The girls get new dresses, and mm-hmm. the boys all get new everything. Yeah. Like, Rand's like, I have so many coats, I don't even know what to do with them. He wants to burn them yeah. originally. He's but like, the colors he takes with him, the red, the black, I think there might be, like, a gray. Gold. Oh, like, maybe, was there gold? I think there's red gold, and gold on the, embroidery. Yeah, yeah. Like, the coats that he ends up taking with him, they're the ones that kind of stick in my mind as, like, definers of his mood it's, and his presence. Yes. And I'm yes. like, we didn't get that we didn't get it for a queen and Nynaeve mm-hmm. so now how are they going to show up at the white tower like it would have it would have been nice just to almost like they what they did for the scene when they were traveling from the funeral for Karenin oh okay Karenin yes so they do that and then they're on their way to Tarvalon and they do kind of like a shift like yeah. time has passed yeah it would have been nice to have done that and then, like, yeah, that is, a, that is a bit changed. of an inconsistency. And, yeah. we, and we've been here for a few weeks. Thank goodness for the Lady Amelisa and her generosity. We don't look like peasants anymore. Yeah. Like, it would have been nice to have had that. 
Yeah, and I think, too, just because we're so costume darker. people. Yeah. yeah, I mean, can you imagine his presence going up against Balsamon if he were wearing, wearing like, that coat? Yes! I mean, I, I'm just envisioning the fan art of him, you know, hold, so much better. holding the hair and Mark's blade and that embroidered jacket. Right. And how, you know, it makes an impression. It does. It would have been so much cooler. But now, I guess, since he's traveling, he's like, you know, and it's kind of, everyday his everyday peasant gear yeah his everyday (laughs) gear which I mean is great but he needs like he needs that wardrobe to open the doors of the places that he ends up going to in the dragon reborn yeah definitely or no in the great hunt definitely in the great hunt yes yeah but I have a feeling they're keeping him in his everyday peasant clothes that way when he's going through these towns he's not going to be recognized do you think they're going to bump this into like so as he's leaving, end of season one, we could, although I just, God, no, that just doesn't make any sense. Tell me. Almost have him take the direction that he takes at the end of book two, beginning book three, where he just goes off on his own. Mm-hmm. So like after, but that would completely skip Falma. And I don't think that we can possibly skip a bit like that big of a storyline. Falma is happening. It has feel to. it in my bones just from like leaks and stuff. Yeah, like people seeing like and people who's been filming cast and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just it's just the matter of how he gets there. Yeah, and I mean personally, personally, yeah, I would love to see if he you know runs off. We get more Taviran exposition yeah moraine finds him because she's moraine and she has land and of course there's that Mm -hmm. and then they are somehow reunited and we how do we get to falma though is this okay okay if perrin and company find the horn Mm -hmm. They mm-hmm. will somehow have to reunite with Rand because the horn has to get to Falma. Right. So it's possible Rand meets up with Lan and Moraine and they have eyes and ears. So they are, you know, in some okay. type of communication with the other group. Yeah. Do they plan on something or meet somewhere or Moraine somehow manipulates Rand to get to Falma because that's where the horn needs to be yeah. because that's like the prophecy, like the uh-huh. horn has to be in or no Ilion. there's the horn has well the horn needs like it's Ilioner company right like the Ilioners have some big deal with the horn i don't know if it necessarily has to be there or if that's just what everybody thinks Mm -hmm. has to happen because i mean that's i mean matt does that in the great hunt where he's like well thing says that it can't be used before the last battle it just has to be at the last battle so You have that happening. But if they somehow reunite everyone, or, 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 if Moraine really wanted to manipulate Rand and get him to Falma, she could be like, look, Egwene's been captured. Ooh. So almost like a reverse. Mm -hmm. Like Egwene was pulled from the White Tower by Landrin saying, Mm -hmm. the boys are in trouble. You do it so that Moraine is like, Wayne's in trouble, and Rand's like, I have to get to her no matter what. Then you can have the flip on the trope where 
he shows up to save the day, the white knight, and the girls right. are like, the girls are we, like already we already did it. We already saved ourselves. We already did it. <laughs> I would love that. I could see, I could see the director going with that route, maybe. I mean, Rafe Judkins is a big Egwene fan, so I think like that little like nod to Egwene would be something we could see. I don't know, though. I mean, the, with the women, uh-huh. it's pretty straightforward in my head. Uh-huh. Like, Leandrin, you know, moves them. Yeah. But if they, if they do it that way, like, we could do, like you were talking about, this kind of, like, time montage where it feels like time has passed yeah. with everyone. And then we could see, like, the girls in the White Tower. They've been there for a while. We could have that meeting where... They meet daughter heir and yep. mm-hmm. Min, or if Min is there, I don't know. But we could have that happen and then kind of like do a time shift where it feels like people have been in the tower for a while. Yeah. The boys, the men have been on the road. Perrin is sniffing out things, has yeah. found Elias. Because Elias maybe, has like, been cast. Yeah. And then like mid-season get to Fall May. I do want I do want that to be mid season. I do not want that to be I, like I, I feel like it's going to be the season finale. I, personally I don't want it to be I because... feel like it would be so wrong to do that. Like I feel like what they should do is and I, I think we've said this before, I feel like they should do fall of mid season, fall of tier, end of season two. That like, would be awesome. Especially like that would be so much action. Right. If they if they like put that into like a ten episode season i think they could pull it off i think he said he could do it in seven or eight so like if we're going that route yeah like it would have to be those two climaxes in one season i feel like cool well yeah because if if i didn't know the story and i was watching Uh uh-huh i would be really really excited to see a big battle like that yes and it not be the season finale yes I think that's how you could, like, rope people in. Like, you would keep watching after that because, like, oh, like, that battle has been won, but. But. Then we see maybe some of the Aiel amassing in, you know, the threefold land and being like, Mm -hmm. is it time to leave? We've heard things, you know. Mm -hmm. The Dragon Reborn has been seen in Falma. Well, we know the Aiel are out looking. You know, like, because we have that moment with, I mean, not in this in the season, like the TV series, but in the book series. By they're book out two, scouting. We know that they're out scouting. And we know, like, it feels as though. Something's like, in the air. <laughs> yeah. Like, in the TV show, I like the way that they've kind of been, like, dropping little bits of information about the Aiel. And it's not been this, like, really heavy handed yeah. thing because it does feel that way. In the book series, fairly mm-hmm. frequently, like how often does got Rand... to remind everyone? Yeah, like I don't, I don't know how often I need to be reminded that Rand looks like an Aiel. Like, yeah. I get it, I get yeah. it, but it's being done in a much more subtle fashion in the TV series, and I like, I appreciate, I that. like that, yeah. yeah. And we have Loyal to like drop hints here <sighs> and there. I would, I would love to see more of Loyal and Perrin together. Do you think they're gonna redo Loyal's? look yeah i think they might finesse it a little bit i hope that they do i just had a thought oh my gosh it looked like it physically hit you yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
lightning striking my head instead of flames. Can you? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Can you imagine if we open up with not the white tower scene that you're thinking of with Elida and the girls? If we open with Matt and getting into a tussle (gasps) with two strapping beautiful young lads yeah that would can you imagine if that's one of the cold opens i mean you could do it in such a fun way because here we go again uh (laughs) cold opens right that's all that's road to tarvalen (laughs) slash cold opens forever (laughs) cold opens always a hundred more seasons cold opens. here's a cold open for you cold open for you you get a cold open you get a cold open i'm i'm thinking about how matt wakes up in the white tower like, I love that, you though. could almost film that. that so it's like this fluttery opening of his eyes in a place Ugh. that he's not familiar with. And, like, just the way that yes. he kind of goes through and he realizes, like, doesn't he have, like, a tray full of food? Yes. And he's, like, picking up the food as he's looking around his room. And then one of the ice and I come in and kind of, like, explain everything mm-hmm. to him. That would make a really cool scene. Like. They could do that. And then. Oh, I just, I'm so excited for a Matt-centric episode. Oh, God. Him we being healed, him eating, like, stuffing his face, him kind of wandering around, having his fight in the water yard. Yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how Donald Finn... I'm so it? excited. Yeah. I mean, he just, I don't, he looks so much more Matt-like to me. In a way, you know, he's yeah, he's got a he's very charming. Yes. As something else that I noticed about him that I hadn't really thought about the first time that I saw him is when Rand is like hanging out in Emmons Field and whatnot, he kind of doesn't look like he belongs. Matt. No, Rand. Rand. Yeah. Like, okay. Matt has kind of like like Barney Harris has almost like a swarthy look. Yeah. If that makes sense, that. It made him feel Mm -hmm. like he kind of fit in. But Donald Finn is a bit more Mm fair-skinned and a bit more reddish hair. And so it might be kind of... I mean, I don't know how they'll do those kinds of things in the show. However, it makes Rand feel less like he's sticking out like a sore thumb. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So it's a little bit more Yeah, like it's easier to believe that Rand comes from this village as well, even if like his mom was an outsider. It's Mm -hmm. not like... You're the only one with fair right. skin and reddish colored hair. <laughs> yeah, so that makes sense. Yeah. I feel like I feel like that would kind of help a little bit. But he just seems so charming and also capable of being very, very dark, which is what we need from Matt too. He looked athletic too. I'm just I'm ready is, to see I'm yeah. ready to see our guys fight a little well, bit. Fight scenes, damn I it. I mean, I know that since before filming, they've been like yes. showing like gym photos on their instagram and yep. stuff so you know that they've been training yep how much have they picked up in the time since they started right to how many years later yep. for season two because i mean right now what are we looking at like close to two three years yeah for like prep and filming and everything be, that has to be close i mean maybe maybe yosh is a a blade master at this point right we just don't know it <laughs> yeah <laughs> Can you imagine? He walks Secret. around town with a sword on his back just for the fun of it. Oh, yeah. I would do that. I would 100% do that. How interesting. Yeah, I do want to see more fight scenes. I'm wondering what they're going to do for like, like, I know we've been talking about Gowan, 
what is the name of the the actor that's the possible uh Gowan actor? Oh, I forget. I forget. I forget. I'm sure I could look the them bachelor. Up. What? The one that I said looked like the bachelor, every bachelor. Yes. Um from the TV show, not like right. a single man. Right. No, no, no. No, no. <laughs> what I was thinking is like how long will it take certain actors to catch up with where other others actors are. are yeah because i mean some of them are good so if this actor coming in it, will hopefully already have some experience it maybe? could be yeah it could be something that they asked for mm-hmm. when they were casting like someone who's because gawain is, whoever plays gawain has got to be good like yeah. real yeah. good like so good we can't stop watching mm-hmm. gawain move like that's what has to happen yeah and i think it would help to make his character a little bit more sympathetic if he if he has that physical way about him where you look at him and you're like this man has been trained since birth yes for one job yeah. to protect the royal line of mm-hmm. andor and if we have someone come in and he's already kicking ass in the water yard looking like hot shit. Right. How much better is it going to be when Matt shows up and is like. <laughs> Schools though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, that's the great part about like the upset, you know, like mm-hmm. we know Matt, we want him to win. But the way that it goes down in the books, it's kind of like. It's almost a little bit campy, mm-hmm. you know, where almost it. it, it, it kind of teeters on it being a little bit cartoony maybe yeah but i think with like having actual actors and stuff Mm -hmm. it just looks really cool like it changes the image in my head of it being like almost like this anime yes style fight where i really want to see is when there is fighting Uh i want it to come at a cost like, I Ooh. like it in fight scenes when it's not just this one-sided, like, someone kicking someone's ass and not taking a hit. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's not how it works no. in real life. Like, fights are dirty and grappling happens and punches Biting. are thrown. But, you know, <laughs> <fighting>. <laughs> it's not you like this know. choreographed um, sword fight, like pirate sword fight. You yes. know what I mean? Like, yes. people shove and push. and Yeah. I want to see like this darkness come through where you get into a fight and it's not like you're untouched. Mm-hmm. And so far, I haven't seen too much of that in the Mm-mm. show. Lan feels untouchable because he is. And then like the T grain fight, she's untouchable because obviously. Right. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to see maybe this like harsh reality like put in injected and show that like there are consequences yes. to every battle yeah and that's what happens with rand yeah. like every time he goes up against one of the forsaken or pot on fane you know he's got the cut in his side and that sticks with him for the entire series. series yeah so like i think that we're gonna get that yeah and i love that part of the book series because yeah. it's like everything came at a cost yes and the only thing that I haven't really seen that with is like some of the naive explosion channeling. Oh, yeah. Where maybe it's just because she has that much energy and she hasn't like used up her reserves yet, except for in that 
last episode that we right. won't talk about. <laughs> Let's not say anything about that. I love that so much of my headcanon has kind of flipped. And in particular for Nynaeve and Egwene, I like a raging sun that whole like I just channeled so hard I unbraided my hair like yeah I loved that I loved that I felt like uh, there was just I felt like all the love in that scene mm-hmm. I mean I know that th- that doesn't happen in the books and I'm not upset about don't that care. at all yeah don't care no I'm glad that they threw it in there mm-hmm. I think that like I think the way that they set it up because Nynaeve could have been pushed at any point to do something like what she did in that moment and that was when it came out like yeah i like this trajectory for naive yeah but her trajectory makes me scared for Egwene's trajectory because she hasn't we haven't really seen like what her I, i'm like doing air quotes here we haven't really seen what her superpower is yeah because everyone seems to have things about them yeah and I have this fear that with Egwene, her superpower is going to be like a handmaiden's tale where it's just like mm. someone who's constantly beaten down by everything that happens to her, but she's just a survivor. And yeah. that's like her storyline. Yeah. I mean, it's not because I don't think that's a good storyline. It's because it's hard to watch it's very and hard, hard to, to take watch. in. Yeah. But. I could definitely see them going that route with Egwene because we had the whole foreshadowing of like, she's the strongest person I've ever met. Yeah. You know? I can't remember exactly what Nynaeve says. She's unbreakable, yeah. I think. And that feels like the foreshadowing of like, she's not going to have a good season two. Yeah. <laughs> like it's going to be bad. Well, I mean, it is. But then again, they're like at the end of, oh God, oh my gosh, all of the stuff that happens to them in Tear. Because that's another instance they where get they're captured. captured and beaten and thrown in a cell again. Yeah. Like, does Egwene, okay, so that book one, it's the White Cloaks. Mm-hmm. Book two, the Shan Chen. Mm-hmm. Book three, Black Aja. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. And then after that, she goes and she hangs with the Aiel for a bit. Mm-hmm. Which was not a picnic. No, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it feels very Handmaiden's Tale, where it's just like, how much abuse can one person take to yeah. the point where is that going to be her whole story? Like, is that mm-hmm. going to be the triumphant moment in her story when she breaks like, yeah. into the White Tower, gets captured, and then she reverses everything just on her sheer determination and cleverness? Yeah. And you know, people looking up to her and wanting to follow her. Like, is that her storyline? Yeah. Like, what is Egwene's storyline? It's basically just, like, the opposite of Rand. Like, her storyline is, the, like, the non-Rand She's the anti-leader, leader, or... Because, I mean, I, okay, so what I'm thinking of is... Egwene's first-hand experience with various cultures and the dark side of specific cultures and whatnot, and then how she becomes the Aralyn later on. Like, she doesn't really have, like, a big 
she doesn't ever get a superpower moment she doesn't ever get a moment to really become Mm-hmm. She's. It's like you get a moment like this. You get a moment like this. Beat down by life. Yeah. The next moment she overcomes it. Beat down by life. She yep. overcomes it, but it's not like she never gets. I mean, even when mm-hmm. she's the Amarillin in the little tower, mm-hmm. she like people are trying to puppet her around, manipulate, and she's. I mean, so she spends all of her time trying to manipulate them back for what she hopes is going to be the best of everything, yeah. but that doesn't allow her to become the Amarillin seat. Mm-hmm. And of course, like by the time you get to the last battle, mm-hmm. she still is like not necessarily seen as anything more than a figurehead by some of the Aes Sedai. Yeah, and so, then as soon as she has her big moment, she dies. She dies. So, tragedy. Right. Here. Maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's the whole thing. Maybe she's yeah. just like, the ultimate tragic figure. That's, yeah, it's, I mean, that's what I'm saying as far as like, sorry, I was it, just what I'm about fearful like for. When dies and she feels Ugh. it and I'm like gonna sob. Oh, yeah. They can definitely make Gawain a little bit better, I think. I, okay, so I'm, or do you want him to, <laughs> you want to hate I'm him? Still th- <laughs> I'm still thinking about a queen's like trajectory and like, so of course we've been talking about, the Poppy War, and I'm halfway through the third book of that series at this mm-hmm. point. And we've both talked about like Rin, the main character. Mm-hmm. She's not a hero, but right. she is the protagonist. She's our main character, mm-hmm. and she goes through a lot of like similar beat down, mm-hmm. build up, beat down, build up, and I feel as though. Because of that, as character in the book, and this could be said for Egwene as well, she's always in a place where who can she trust? Who can she mm-hmm. turn to? How can she become the person that she wants to be? I think Rin in the books is much more vocal that she wants power, but Egwene is always like kind of hesitant about the fact that that's what she really wants i don't think so you don't think so oh, <laughs> no. okay tell me tell me tell no, me no i just i think that like Egwene is so sure in her capabilities mm. like that's why she keeps fighting like she knows that as the amerlin she is the best choice out there like yes. i think she firmly believes in herself okay. i i but i think also like back to the poppy war it is very similar where you were saying like beat down, overcome, yeah. beat down, overcome. But I'm not as far into the books as the Poppy <laughs> War in the Poppy War as you are, so I can't I'm not sure exactly where Rin's story goes, but with Egwene, I think like she's the person you build a monument to. Yes. Because she was just like that is a leader. <laughs> or she builds a monument to herself. herself. <laughs> yeah. Even in death, Egwene, so sure of yourself. <laughs> I'm going to build a monument of myself. <laughs> I shall become a towering crystal. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. I know see that. Yeah. But I mean, I, I do believe that she has her insecurities and things like yeah. that. I just feel like out of our main characters, even more so than Rand, she's like, I know what I want. That's a good and point. I think that kind of makes the counter story with Rand that uh-huh. much more interesting because Egwene is on her path and she's like this is the way that I need to do things I can see like in the future what needs to be done 
I have my ideals. I'm sticking to them. Yeah. Where Rand is like always wavering. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. – am I – do I need to be hard? Do I need to be soft? Like yeah. what's the right thing? And with Egwene, like her trauma is like physical almost, whereas Rand's is mental maybe. Interesting. I just always got like – I always got the feeling – like, if Egwene was a real person, like, and I was in the same room with her, I would just probably go along with everything that she says. Yeah. Where, like, Nynaeve, I would want around because, you know, nobody's going to hurt you. Like, mm-hmm. you're protected. Yeah. So, like, that's a very, like, comforting person, I feel like. Even though she likes to browbeat people, uh-huh. you'd be like, I know where your heart is and I know where you stand. So yeah. I can trust you forever. And Egwene, I would just be like, whatever you say, I will do as you want. (laughs) You know, like she kind of scares me as a person. Yeah. As a character. But that's, I mean, it's not like I hate her for that. Like it's just she's a different type of character. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's one of the things that makes this series so good. You can find find your people. You can find your people. And I mean, everybody like kind of reads each character a little differently and of course like age has something to do with it i think age has something to do with i'm sure people were like 19 don't believe me and that's okay yeah i was 19 once too (laughs) don't believe anything when you're 19 wow i'm kind of like stuck on the rand queen parallel situation parallel but opposite yeah yeah like I mean, to me, like, they are the symbol, like, the dragon fang and the... The teardrop for the... Teardrop. The flame of Tarvalon. The flame of Tarvalon. Yeah, like, I feel like in one instance, like, that is their story. Yeah. they don't... They kind of went off on separate things, but in the end, like, they had to come together like magnets. Like, they just had to be there for everything to yeah. work out and of course you could say that about every character right almost like everything had to line up perfectly for this thing to happen but it's almost like the story you know has a million different plot lines yep but in the end it's kind of about like rand and Egwene. like they make these big big sacrifices yeah they do more so than maybe anyone in the series yeah but that's what makes them such like strong characters i think that people like gravitate to or that they like push up against where they're like i don't like yeah that type yeah so i mean controversial I mean, you, can, you can even like at different points of the book they're both more likable or less likable depending on the situation depending yeah. on who they're yeah. with kind of thing like <laughs> rand is kind of insufferable for a while like mm-hmm. i just kind of like i want to cat swain him and smack him around a little bit and be like I think it's I, so funny too, like how like some people hate Cat Swain. I get it. Like I understand. Like she's pretty mean. Right. <laughs> like, I'm I'm okay with it. But at the same yeah, at the same time I'd be like, I'd want her around mm-hmm. because why not? Like yeah. I can take someone like pestering me and like talking down to me, but at the end of the day I would be like, Yeah, like nobody's gonna be messing with me. If I'm in her company, and I love that how Cadswain kind of amasses her own little group. Yeah, she like does. she's been in solitary, like retreat travel mode yeah. and retreat for so long, and then somehow all these characters start gravitating towards her, and she's got her own little posse. And I'm just thinking about 
the cleansing of Sidene, mm. where Cad Swain's got her group. There's yep. the paired, you know, Warder, Ashaman, and the sisters, and everyone's fighting and off on their own little things and doing this and doing that. And it was just really cool because that's one of these moments where you're like, okay, Cat Swain. Yeah. Okay. Like, I she get it. I get you. There. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Rand and Nynaeve were totally consumed with what they were doing. Right. They needed to be protected and they needed somebody who could, like, orchestrate. Be, yeah. Kind like, of. oversee all of it. And that's like, Cat Swain was like, hey, I'm over 200. I got this. I got this. Yeah. Like, you, you children go right ahead. Do your thing. I'm here for you. <sighs> what a, oh, what a group. I would, oh, I'm so excited for like Black Tower stuff. Ah, that one video you sent me with the guy singing about being oh. at the top of Black Tower. <laughs> that was for that the Dusty so Wheel uh, Idol. What was the song? Hello, Mother. Mm-hmm. Hello, Father. <laughs> I am here at the, the Black, Black Tower. Tower. <laughs> <laughs> that one was my favorite. I don't remember who it was that sang it. I'm so sorry. I forgot your name, but that, that was my favorite one. Hands down. I, I, I almost I, peed my pants. <laughs> I was so tired. I was like packing before my trip and that came on and it was so late my time in Europe. And I was laying in bed, like giggling like a yeah. psychopath. My <laughs> side was probably like, what are you what doing? Are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure I was outside watching it at about like 630 in the morning and just cracking up so hard and thinking I should go inside i mean maybe it would be better if i were inside and waking up my family instead of waking up my neighbors this is so funny that was so good Uh, hats off to you yeah that was great katswain i'm trying to think of like how long when does the black tower code is that book five book six book six i think it is it the end of Book five, I think, is the introduction to Mazarum Taim. Okay. And then book six is obviously Dumai as well. So the Black Tower has been training. You just say Dumai as wells, and my brain explodes. Mm. So many images. So good. That's I can't like. Wait for that. That's the main reason I want the show to succeed. Right. So like. I want like a billion dollar budget just yes. for Dumai's Wells. Well, and I want to I want to see the battle at Kyrian. The one like the the first one that takes out the Shido or Uh-huh okay. with Kuladin and Matt, Matt. being like Ugh. You guys are going to kill yourself if you keep going in this direction and you're dumb. So, do this instead. Yeah, that ugh, that's such a good part too. I love it. I would absolutely I mean that the way that he sets them up so that they're like crashing down on like a group of people, like how cool would that be to and see that's, it filmed? And that's when Talmanas is introduced. Yes, my man. I need hot Talmanas. I want it to be I West Chatham. I'm oh gonna, yeah, I'm gonna send Rafe dear, Judkins. Dear Rafe Judkins. Dear Amazon Prime. And Rafe. And, and West Chatham. And West Chatham. I'm CCing all of you. <laughs> we need to, like, get a picture of him and find, like, some kind of a costume that might actually Just fit. Just Photoshop like, the top- it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, send them and be like. Photoshop the forehead. I mean, seriously, he'd be so good at it. 
I'm just thinking of him. I'm thinking of West Chatham playing like a lord, like kind mm-hmm. of a fancy lord, because Almanas is kind of fancy. Yeah. He's not he's not all over the top with yeah. it. But I think too, my image of him in my head is maybe a little bit biased from listening to some of the audiobooks. Oh, okay. Because the way that he's speaking uh-huh. is very I want to say refined. Oh, like you can tell that he's, mm-hmm. he's coming. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. coming from somewhere higher up than others. Even though he has this camaraderie with Matt, like he's at a higher like place in society, yes. but he's still able to connect with Matt in a way that's like if we were people on the street, we would get along yeah. no matter what. Yeah. And I think I think that's why Wes would be really good at it actually. Like, I feel as though if, if it were, like, He's okay, a- so thinking, like, early Amos, like, kind of that, like, closed off, mm-hmm. not really, like, completely, I don't want to say completely present, but, like. Guarded, maybe. Yeah, yeah, like, he's not necessarily, like, hugely interacting, and it's kind of the same thing with Telmanis, like, he's still feeling Matt out, you mm-hmm. know, figuring things out, and I don't really feel it's until, like. Oh, God, that scene with him and Aguin is so good. Like, how much would you love to see that? <laughs> like, Madeline Madden and Wes Chatham talking oh, together. Oh, stop. Wouldn't stop. that be amazing? It'd oh, be amazing. that would be so good. And that scene where they're, like, fighting Camelin, and he's like, I'm already dead anyway. I'm just going to keep fighting. Well, that's, that's the whole reason I see Wes Chatham is because of that scene and the right? expanse. Spoiler warning. Right. He's thinking he's going to die, and he's just, like, in a, oh, yeah, yeah. on a, like, death thrall of like fighting and he's blind he can't see and he's fighting things that can kill him and he's going through a lot and i just see talamanas in that yep. moment season yeah. four of the expanse if you watch you'll know what i'm talking about the, yeah the slugs yeah so because it's not it's not even just like what, what people watch that scene and tell me <laughs> if that doesn't feel like talamanas when he's I don't remember what book it is, but he's been stabbed by the Merdral, and he keeps I getting think stabbed. It's either thirteen or fourteen. I feel like it's very, very close to the end. I I know. I just love a good like fight scene. Me like it feels too. very uh, last stand, like yes. Braveheart or That's something. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, yes. <laughs> get out of my head. <laughs> I don't know. This close of proximity, it might not be possible <laughs> to get out of your head. Like. Our brains have just right. like sandwiched there's, together. <laughs> there's this like little globe that's like around our heads and it's just like. Momentary interruption, friends. Since we are not good at remembering to promote ourselves during the show, here's how you can keep the road to Tarvalin growing. First off, rate and review us wherever you listen to the road to Tarvalin. This helps new listeners find the podcast. Listener support is available through Anchor. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month with amounts leading up to a generous $9.99 a month. Also, we have a new merch shop. Cozy Contorta was inspired by the books and characters we love, and it's not just Wheel of Time focused. Go check it out at Cozy Contorta on Instagram or find the link on our website via social media. Income means better equipment, more content, and more opportunities to be able to grow our amazing community. We love you all and feel endlessly grateful to each of our listeners for joining us week after week on the road to Tarvalon. 
Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of the episode. We had a little break. We were talking about Tomones. We are talking about West Chatham. West Chatham. West Chatham. So back to the Wheel of Time. Right? <laughs> Do we have anything about the black, the blah, 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 blah? Apparently when we take a break. <laughs> We've been talking we too talking much, guys. We've day. been reunited. So right? We, yeah. Since like, what, 10-ish this yeah. morning, I think? Maybe a little bit earlier than that? I don't even remember. And we're drinking wine. Right? Yeah. My little teeny tiny bottle is almost gone. We Me should get too. better stuff of than this. We should go. Bring the mead? Oh my god. <laughs> yes. And we should also go to Trader Joe's. And get like your some, lambic, yeah. I knew you were gonna say that. Yes. <laughs> I haven't been there in forever because I just make everything come to me. But unfortunately, Trader Joe's is not on Instacart, so Ooh, get it together, right? Why don't they do that? Oh, it'd be so nice. We were anyway. talking about a lot about Egwene and Rand, yeah, trauma, yeah, trauma, that, and the darkness of season two, potentially. Yeah, do you okay? So Again, something I know we've talked about before, but Egwene never really gets an opportunity to address the trauma that she goes through. We get Rand having like a major moment of catharsis Mm -hmm. and like healing. Yeah. Like, I mean, the dude gets an entirely new body at the end of the Mm -hmm. series and gets to go wander. I know you're bitter about that. I would, I would love to be happy that that's what happens, but it just doesn't feel realistic. But then Egwene is the one who ends up sacrificing her life, which is very Egwene-ish, if you will. Mm-hmm. But she never gets that moment of healing. Do you think like the trauma of what happens to her will be addressed more in the show, considering the current climate yes. around mental health? Yes. And- I, I'm hoping that possibly her time with the Aiel, mm-hmm. we know it's mm. like a trial for her, mm-hmm. but I also think that like that could be a moment of healing Yes, as well. Yes. And we could have like some really good moments between her and Avienda. Ooh. Or even like her and Amis and Sorolea and who's the other one? The really beautiful one. Is it Bear? No, I think it starts with an M. Doesn't matter. But like any of the the wise ones that she kind of like mm-hmm. latches onto as mentors, because that's okay. That's one thing that I feel like Egwene really has in her corner. It's almost at every step of her life she does have that amazing mentor where yeah. Rand doesn't. Yeah, and even though in all of these times in Egwene's life, like this is traumatic and. Like I said, a trial, she usually has someone in her corner for the most part. Like, she comes from a good family. Like, her parents are good people and they're strong people. Yeah. Yeah. And leaders. And leaders. Leaders of their community. Yeah. And then she meets Moraine. Well, then she's with Nynaeve and Uh she becomes an apprentice to Nynaeve. So then she has that mentor. Then Moraine comes along and she has Moraine. And then, like, as her story continues, she keeps finding and it's almost like the mentors find her mm-hmm. and they're like, she's going places, mm-hmm. but she's also malleable. Like mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. help her mm-hmm. in some way. And I think that's one of the things that people connect to Egwene with because 
people see things in her and they know that like deep down like there is something behind her mm-hmm. that is a fighter that mm-hmm. is strong and i think people do see the good in her as much as she is manipulated a little bit mm-hmm. but at the same time like the wise ones and then her time with swan sanche and it's possible that like some of these people she doesn't have i'm talking about in the books like mm-hmm. such a close relationship with mm-hmm. like i some of them i wouldn't really consider friends right so it's like at at what point in her journey will she come across the people that can help her heal mm-hmm. i guess well and as you're talking about that or a good portion of that time she and Rand are kind of being led by either the same person or the same group of people. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when Moraine comes to the village, Aguin is all about it, and yeah. Rand is like, I'm not going to let you lead me around. Mm-hmm. And so you have, like, this big divergence on yeah. how they accept the mentors that are put in front of them. Aguin, like, just totally accepts it and runs with it. Yeah, like, she just steps into this role yeah. naturally. And Rand is like, Mm-mm, you don't tell me I what to I- do. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's so interesting. Yeah. I hadn't really thought about how parallel their stories run until it's we had started really talking bizarre. about it. I yeah. mean, I'm sure it was planned. Yeah. But at the same time, as you're, as I was reading, it wasn't something that was so immediate to me yep. until after I shut the last book and like thought about yes. characters as a whole yes. and their journeys as a whole. Yes. And it's hard to do because as soon as you finish the book, it's, yeah, it, there's a... I think people have to like take a moment for themselves and it took me a while to read anything after that. Yeah. And the next book that I grabbed had to be something very light. Yeah. And kind of cheery because wow. Yeah, I think we went right into Eye of the World after I had mm-hmm. finished A Memory of Light and I was actually really glad that we did it. Yeah. It was so bizarre like to be like Especially since it was the Ravens chapter. I'd never read it. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it starts with little tiny Aguin. And I had like just this moment where I had to set the book down because I had just begun to process the fact that she was dead and gone from yeah. the end of the book. Like that, we, we all know that's our big spoiler. We both knew Aguin was going to die. Yeah. Like, so in a lot of ways, I was prepared for it. But it was almost like seeing her as a child, even in the books, was like, <gasps> my yeah. heart. Like, it just, like, I can even feel it. I can feel it around my heart right now, like, just that sensation. But it was, it was good to go back to it. Yeah, I don't, like, ugh. it's almost as if her, like, big successes mm-hmm. weren't always her own. Yeah. And I kind of feel like she deserved that. And I mean, there's always a cost to mm-hmm. Gwen's story. Like, as soon as she does get her moment of, mm-hmm. like, triumph, mm-hmm. there's death. Mm-hmm. And I would love, like, one thing to be Gwen's. Mm-hmm. Like, I want that rah-rah mm-hmm. moment in the TV show. Mm. Because the White Tower battle. Yeah, I think that could be one. Mm-hmm. The Shan Chen battle with the White Tower, that mm-hmm. could be, like, the pinnacle, I guess. Like, I mean, I know that... She has that big moment in the end, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like, she dies. Yeah. So, like, there's no triumph there. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't even be even, happy about it. Yep. Even them winning in the, the White Tower battle and, like, the mm-hmm. Shantan going off and her being, like, firmly-ish. Mm-hmm. 
established as the Amberlin, like that's not even a full triumph. Yeah, because, because she still... still suffered the entire time. Exactly. And, and then as soon as she gets con- tower. As soon as she gets control, like the Shanchen show up. Yeah. So it's like And what? then it's last battle time. Yeah. Like it's just from like those those big moments towards the end of the book, they all just kind of collide together. And you watched a handmaiden's tale like to the end right oh, yeah yeah okay like i couldn't i couldn't <laughs> finish it i punishment yeah i called it torture porn <laughs> it is but you had told me how that story ends mm-hmm. well the tv show not mm-hmm. the book but from what it sounded like there was that moment of like triumph there like she finally gets her comeuppance against someone who mm-hmm. someone terrible who yeah did a lot of bad things to yeah, I'm trying to actually. I'm trying to remember how the last season went. And I spoiler, don't spoiler warning. Yeah, but I well, remember I, you telling me like they lure that guy into the woods and they beat oh, the yeah. crap out of him. Yeah, yeah, they do. <laughs> Tracy's smiling, like smiling so big so right big. now. <laughs> yeah, like because he's just absolutely terrible. I think that's like for me. I think that's why I can watch it. Is there's always that hope, glimmer of hope. Yeah, that, like, the person who's done something really, really bad gets that that moment of what feels like justice. justice. Yeah. Yeah, and, but it's always still so questionable, and it's another, another wheel of time theme. Like, what is justice? Who is, mm-hmm. like, the, the rightful person to yeah. lead in certain situations? And, like, is it justice? Is it retribution? Is it is it moral? Revenge? Is it revenge? Yeah, there's so many question marks. But I think like that's something that I want for Wayne. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. Like I'm sure people would love to keep her storyline exactly how it is, and I totally, I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I just think that as a character, she's someone that I never really like fully gravitated towards. Mm-hmm. One because I spoiled myself and knew her ending mm-hmm. like way early in the beginning of the books but also like she didn't have any moment where like I felt like I could stand up and cheer really like there are a Mm -hmm. couple things but I don't know it's not like the golden crane flies for Tarman Gaiden or I don't know there are just certain moments or like even the battle of Edmonds field like that, I feel like that's a big rah rah moment, but that's not a Queen moment, you know? Right. Like other yeah. characters get those moments, but I don't know if a Queen does in quite the same way. Yeah, that's, it's, it's a hot. And I'm, you know, I can't even talk. I'm like, I, I just. <laughs> what's really fun is like, we still have, like, we're going to be starting the third book mm-hmm. soon, which is crazy. Yeah. That it's just book three, mm-hmm. you know? Like, we still, we get to go through this whole story again. And I know, ugh, sometimes I feel like I sound like a broken record, but I also feel like people who love books will totally feel, like, mm-hmm. the comment of, it's always good to be able to come back to it again. Yeah. Like, there are just some books, some series, characters that just sit with you. Mm-hmm. And I mean. I guess that is like the catharsis of the Egwene story. You yeah. Know, like she dies, but you can always go back and reread her part. I just wonder if that's something that they will need to change for the sake of visual. Right. Media. Well, and would they, would they kill her off in the TV show? I think they will. Yeah. I think people would. 
I don't know. It like, just it feels so much realistic. Like if it does, like what like I was talking people. about in the beginning, like for every fight there has to be a consequence. Yeah. And that feels realistic. Yeah. It feels it feels like a sacrifice big enough for what's what's happening. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean really after that how would how would Egwene come back and heal herself from all of that? Like the loss of a warder. Yeah, she she wouldn't be able to. And then on top of that, she couldn't just step down as the Amarlin. So right. like, she would have no time to process. Right. It would all be rebuilding and restructuring yep. and she would have to get to work immediately. So like where's the time for healing? Yeah. There there isn't. Or grieving. Or grieving. Yeah. Like it's just it's it's completely taken away from her. I don't know. In that situation it does like embrace death, you know? Is it possible that she just like the grief finally won and she just was like, I can't anymore? And this is the hardest option, but the easiest option? That's how I feel about it. I yeah, mean, that's how I interpret it. Especially after talking about it further. Like that's how I that's how I can see it. Yeah. Yeah, because to me it almost felt like it like it was necessary. But mm-hmm. it's Egwene. Like mm-hmm. she can do anything. She can do anything. She really can. Like I she's love her. that's I mean, she's like the the straight A student, the mentor. You know what? Or the mentee. <laughs> when we were talking about the Egwene naive, like companion, mentor, little sister, big sister kind of thing. I was picturing when her and a green are called in front of Swan in the TV show, mm-hmm. and like a green thinks that she's like the one who's about to yeah. be like all like <laughs> the most powerful channel yeah. channeler we've seen in a thousand years. Naive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was really funny. Yeah, like, and, like her her facial expression, like the way that she changed, like it was so. It's like God so damn it, not again, right? Just let me win. I want to be the most powerful. I think that's, yeah, I think that's my thing. Like, I just want Egwene to get a W. She needs a win. Yeah. Somewhere. Somewhere. Even the, I, I harp, I talk about this all the time. I'm so sorry, people. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but I, I mean, I love that Varen is like, oh, yeah, like, here's the names of all these Black Aja people. Bye. Yeah. And, I mean, it's tragic and, like, yeah. heart-wrenching. But at the same time, I really would have loved, like, Egwene to Nancy drew it out herself and, like, yeah. have that as her, mm-hmm. like, cleansing of yeah. the tower because yeah. I felt like that was her fight, you yeah. know? Like, that was her I mean, it's issue. given to her so early. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the purging of the Black Aja is... Well, yeah, like, her, I mean, her story starts off because of the Black Aja getting kidnapped, so, like what better full circle would it be for her to purge the tower on her own? Like that to me felt like that could have been like her greatest achievement besides obviously. You know what? It suit, it would suit her to do that. Yeah. Like the whole, the whole idea of her just being really observant. Yeah. Like like that's writing little things down and like just trying to figure it all out. Like, Oh, that would be so interesting. Yeah, the thing is, is like people would riot if the Varen storyline was changed. Okay, so here's here's just a thought. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me. So that's really far along in the series, right? Like we're approaching 
approaching the end of the series by the time we get the Varen reveal and mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. So let's say TV series wise, mm-hmm. we have. Let's just pretend. Let's play pretend. Yeah. Okay. I love pretend. Let's say we have grown a fan base globally to match that of Game of Thrones per se. Okay. Like let's say that that's the the crowd that we're now dealing with mm-hmm. versus your book readers. Mm-hmm. Like I have a feeling that that number would potentially eclipse the other oh yeah absolutely so when you get to that point like who are the writers going to start responding to more are they going to try to make sure they they keep the original fans happy or like the new fans happy well yeah that's like i mean game of thrones when osha is introduced Mm -hmm. the wildling woman Mm -hmm. in the tv show that actress was so amazing that the tv show kind of like pushed forward her storyline more. Yeah. And then, I mean, it's my belief that after the show started outpacing the books, like, mm-hmm. George R. R. Martin even went back and put Osha back in in places that people didn't expect her to mm-hmm. show up. So it's like a common thought that some people think that he was influenced by the TV show mm-hmm. to actually go back and kind of, like gravitate towards one character that he really started to like that in the first book she's kind of a throwaway character i mean yeah she's there she shows up she does some things and that's it but i mean obviously in the wheel of time you can't go back and change the books (laughs) but there is you know potential moments of things being changed for rah-rah tv yeah sake yeah like and that's that's really what i'm thinking about is like it would be it would be a true waste to not update, alter, change in some ways, given the opportunity, the time that has passed. In some ways, yes. Yeah, and like the the where we live, like the thing about writing. Well, that's just like with. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you no, off, no, no, but no, that's just like Alana and her warders. Yeah, that story was great. Like yeah. that felt realistic. Yep, it felt. A little bit more worldly and updated yeah. and i like that yeah so like things like that don't bother me Mm-mm. no no especially if it makes it so that you can connect to things more better whatever you want, yeah you want that emotional connection yeah. and i feel like for me bookie Gwen, that's what i was missing yeah yeah so i mean okay so what i was going to say because it, it's the re it will always be in my head because it kind of got like beat into my head when i was mm-hmm. in school writing is rewriting like it sounds really weird it sounds kind of obvious but the thing is is like you can always come back and change it you can always come back and adjust it if you want to it's only limited by your imagination Mm -hmm. how far you want to take it and where you are willing to let things kind of bend and adjust and I would just I love that surrender Egwene surrender (laughs) go with the flow but I mean, and again, like this is another, this is another situation where it feels as though we're getting the same story, mm-hmm. different POVs, mm-hmm. and I know one of my friends just Laurel just suggested a book. I think it's called Silence All the Girls or something like that, and it's either I think it's the Iliad told from all of the women's point of okay, views cool. instead of yeah, it's gonna go in book club. 
Okay. For sure. It looks really, really, okay. really good. And I love that because, I mean, we are missing that feminine voice in our culture. Like, the very unfortunate truth is there have been enough decades, centuries that have passed where, like, we get pushed. This is, these are the writers, these are the people that we mm-hmm. listen to. And yeah. unfortunately, it's just very masculine. And so the idea of giving the story over to the women, changing it's it a little bit. interesting, definitely. I don't mind. And I would expect there to be differences. Yeah. So I guess that's, I guess that's where I sit, like between book and TV show and whatnot. Like, I don't mind as long as it's not breaking like my connection to characters. Ooh, yeah, like, that's a I, good point. I, w- I would love like more inclusivity. Like mm-hmm. I would love to see more from certain characters that kind of get left to the side, mm-hmm. but I don't want it to come at the cost of like missing out on things from other characters. Yeah. So like they're in a really like tough spot. I, think I feel they're like doing really well. Yeah, I really I do. do too. Like, I mean, COVID and yep. stuff. And I, I mean, some of the writing, like it, it wasn't like chef's kiss for me. Right. Like there were yeah. some moments where I was like, I don't know. But, but other times? Yeah, but overall, like, there was some really good stuff there that felt solid. The the Moraine Swan uh, yeah, daughter we've been, of the river. We've been wanting that backstory for how long now, though? <laughs> like, it was necessary for us anyways. It was so good. I mean, that was some really good writing. I appreciated that so much. And, like, the fact that it gives that backstory. Because, I mean, that's not really so much in the main series as it is New Spring, and we talk about how New Spring yeah. gets left behind yeah. so often. So for them to, like, pull that into the very first season is just, like, It needed to be there. Heart. I mean, I feel like it needed to be there because it is skipped over. Right. And, like, what we were saying, like, inclusivity, like, that, that is a character's backstory. Yep. Like, even the things that we don't happen, that we don't see happen on the pages mm-hmm. is implied heavily Mm -hmm. so like it's not it shouldn't come to a shock to anyone Mm -mm. who's read the full series Mm -hmm. I feel like and I'm sorry if that's offensive but that's my opinion (laughs) I gave I gave one of our notebooks the swan notebook that you made the one Mm -hmm. that has like rainbows and everything on it I gave it to my very very dear friend Stephanie for her birthday and I was like I hope this isn't weird like I'm giving you like a piece of our merch and she was like are you kidding? A queer woman who like wields magic and there are rainbows all over this? I love it. And I was well, like, the oh. the thought was like the Amerlin stole right? like the rainbow, but then but after at the same time, yeah, but then after I was like thinking about, it, I was like, oh my god, yeah, mm-hmm. uh huh, it covers it. Like it, it's. I it's, just, ugh. I love it. Swan, Sophie Okanedo, so good. Hats off to you. No kidding, right? So good. That little like. She almost has this like stiff lip quiver when she's verbally assaulting Moraine. And I could just watch that scene like, oh, the power. Right. It's so, so good. good. So good. She's very powerful as an actress. But that's, oh, but now I'm just thinking about the future for the TV show. Like, our Emmons Field characters, like, that's who they become. Yep. Like, they grow into characters like Swan, Ooh, yeah. like Moraine, like Lan. Yep. And like, mm. I'm so excited to watch these younger actors just like come into their own and own it like and sell it i think they've picked some very good people to start out with for that madeline madden is perfect she's so good she is a queen 
Nynaeve, Zoe Robbins. I can't imagine anyone, anyone else, else ever. Not at all. Matt, I mean, we're getting a new Matt, so that's going to be exciting. Yeah. Rand, I feel like Yosha Stradowski is great. His smile. Yeah, I, I just, I want to protect him, you right? know? Like, I'm just like. Hey. I think, you know what? I think they did that really intentionally. Yeah. They could have chosen somebody who just had harder angles to their face even. Like, Yosha has, like, I'm not going to say he has a baby face. He doesn't have a baby face. But he There's has, There's an like, innocence to yes, him. Yes, like, he just has, like, this, like, softness where mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, oh, come, come here. Yeah. I'll take care of you. Oh. And I, I mean, there's so many new characters coming up. Like, <gasps> I can't wait to see who they have for Varen. Right. The three newer ones that are. Mm-hmm. We've got Bail Doman. Mm-hmm. Hot Bail Doman. I mean, come on. Is there, anyone in the Wheel of Time ugly? There do be hotness here. There do be hotness here. <laughs> Can you imagine if they cast Laura, Laris and she's a freaking knockout? Like, <laughs> oh my God, that would be so funny. Well, I mean, we did pick some rather attractive women to play yeah. Lars, too. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, true. it's absolutely possible that they would pick somebody really attractive for Lars. Come on, give us Lars. Right? I don't know. There's so many. Ugh, that's the thing, too, about the TV show that really grinds my gears, is that there's not enough time for a lot of these minor characters that I right. love, where I'm like, oh, my God. But with the casting of Bale Doman, like, I think we're going to get that open sea, cold open. Like, that's, I'm, I'm almost 100% sure. Right? I will put money on it. Right? I He's going to get boarded. I was, I was listening to our, our episode that released today and, like, thinking about the idea of the, like, defeated Falma and Tarak coming in and like just like now we have a Bale Doman face to go along with that storyline yep. that happened and we know Pod and Fane is going to be crossing into this so we have that actor and you know what God, that's going to be such a good trio they're probably going to cast like some of these like minor characters and we won't even know about it like yeah they'll, they'll probably Tarak yeah He's in one book yeah. for like a matter of chapters. So are they going to think it's going to be a big deal to those of us who are big fans to find out who's cast? They should. They should. <laughs> if they know us, they'll know to tell us. But I mean, they might not. But I really want like that. I want Captain Egan in. Egan. Egan. Yeah, I want her. And I want Bale Doman, and we're going to get him, and that's just so exciting. I did. Oh, hey, do you know what's happening this weekend? Tell me. Jordan Con is happening this weekend. <laughs> yeah, we're not. We're not going. Yeah, we bought this tickets. Will come out, this will come out after, after it happens. Yeah. yeah, I remember saying something that it was like for the first time ever we've sold out, and I was like, "Well, shucks." You know what? I don't. I don't. I don't mind. We have a lot going on, and I mean, you just flew in, and like today is Wednesday, and you're still like just becoming a human being again. I couldn't move for a few days. That right? was rough. I mean, I just I don't know. I'm really excited for people going though. Like, Me too. I hope people have a great time. I would love. I would love it 
if people would like share some of their Jordan Con stories with us, like anybody. And if you're not like, going to Jordan Con, I mean, I can't yeah. do this as a shout out because it'll be over by the time it airs. But Omocon, right? <laughs> shit, is a is Snakes and Fox doing? Yeah, Omicron? yes, yeah. Snakes and Foxes, Pips, and Adelorna. That's adorable. I I did it last year and it was so much fun. Like it was just it was just a group chat, like a like a Zoom call that was going on for like three days straight. And because there's people all over the world like joining, there's time zones from everywhere. So like no matter when you were up, like it was almost like somebody was there. Oh my god, it was really cool, really cool. But yeah, so yay for everyone who's going. I hope you have a wonderful time. Stay safe. Have stay fun. Healthy. Stay healthy. Yeah. Most of all. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing is we flew like two weeks ago and we came back and everybody was sick. Like within a day or two, we were all coming down with colds and stuff. And like, I think that's kind of inevitable for those of us who have been like stuck in lockdown. Not really stuck, yep. chosen lockdown in a lot of ways for myself personally. But like any kind of travel right now kind of makes me a bit nervous. A little leery. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I get it. Definitely. I want my health to stay. Health over hustle. Health over hustle. <laughs> we need to make that. Make like, it a thing. It's just I'm I'm so excited. Like after talking to Laurel, after talking to Mary, after talking to Lisa, Aiden's super stoked. Like there are just so many people and so many projects that we can just like do right now. Yeah, and if anybody is listening that wants to join book club, like, find our Discord on Instagram. I mean, we've got a lot of stuff coming up. We've got a lot of live streams and reviews and stuff like that. If people like to write book reviews, like, join us. We're going to be doing blog stuff, too. If you have, like, a really great book that you love and you want to record a video for it, Yeah, or just talk about it with other people. Yeah. Get other people to read it with you. Yep. Discord is for everything. Yeah. All book, all book club <laughs> Discord is for everything. Like, we were just talking about, like, there are no limits to it. Like, Aiden was talking about how there's the new Expanse video game coming out, and mm-hmm. there's discussion of a Wheel of Time video game coming out, and we were both like, Aiden, play it, stream it. Yeah. Put it up for other people, because it's still connected to our books. It's still connected to what we love. I love that. Yeah. Books can take you everywhere. They are, and they will. They will. And they do. They do. Yeah. Do we, we, sh- we end it there? Yeah, why not? Okay. I mean, we're on if, a road. If, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should we, for next week, do something maybe spoiler-free? Ooh, that's a good idea. I feel yeah. like. Or at least, like, half spoiler-free, like we normally do. Yeah. We can, we can work, work into stuff. Or what will we do? We'll figure something out. Yeah. Suggestions you with welcome. It. Yeah, suggestions yeah. welcome. Thanks everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Let us know what you thought of our content. Correct us. Send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also have a website where you can find links to our Discord channel, social media platforms, and merch shop. So until next week. Thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalin.